territory in Vancouver. This is the Art Support with your host, Ileana. And Lua here. <laughs> and Margarita. Hi. Yeah, our two lovely girls. Um, today we're going to do uh, just a review first, and then we're going to talk, uh, do our job on segment, and then some more kind of reviews and things that we're looking forward to doing. So Sorry for the zipper sounds. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just lost something in my backpack that I need for the show. I mean, that happens, like, a lot. Like, I'll just, like, like just stuff stuff in my backpack. Like, no, nothing, like... Literally, I found a banana one time in my backpack that I, like, had for a while. And I was like, oh, that's why my bag has been smelling that way for a long time. <laughs> oh, fine, my guys. Sorry for that delay. It's okay. Uh, Tell us what you are reviewing. I am reviewing a show next week that we gave out um, tickets, tickets for. And it was so fun. Like... The tickets we gave out were for the Thursday, and I went on the Friday. And I really hope, what was her name again? Deborah. Deborah. I have Deborah, you shout out. Deborah. I'm sorry. Our girl. <laughs> what, what? We now have like a fan favorite. Yeah. Deborah, you're a favorite. I hope you're listening again. Like, shout out to Deborah. <laughs> but yeah, and I hope she enjoyed it as much as I did because it was a really great show. The musicians were absolutely amazing they were able to create things on the spot constantly and it was just so it like do you know like when you watch a show and you didn't know you needed that but you needed that yes <laughs> <laughs> I, I know exactly how that feels very you know? much understand that feeling and like after I like I was leaving I was like this is exactly what I needed in my life right now like this is the energy and the vibe and like this is like is making me feel so good about being here you know I know and I, and I bet like it's like it's winter like it's like you're getting to the time where you're just like bundle up and you just want to stay at home so like this seems like like a blast from the summer yeah. <laughs> it was really good so the show I'm going to say the name again. It was Aquarela do Brasil. And it was produced by Vancouver Latin America Cultural Center. And it happened uh, on November 8th and 9th as a celebration of the 60th year anniversary of Bossa Nova, one of the first song, first Bossa Nova song to be um, launched in Brazil. And after that was launched, Bossa Nova kind of like took over the world and... Brazilian music revolutionized jazz, among other music styles. And it really was a show dedicated to that history, and not only to that history, but also the dance that is part of that history. And they, although they played a lot of Bossa Nova, they also played jazz, sh samba, um, uh, maracatu. I'm so <laughs> in love with your pronunciation. Like, oh. <laughs> I mean... You can just like read out your grocery list. <laughs> I'll be good with that. Um, they call it played samba. They call it played choro. They're like they're a little bit of everything and a little bit of everything that made bossa, that made part is part of bossa nova. Were you able to dance? No, unfortunately, no. <laughs> but I took a Brazilian friend with me, and like literally, some of the like, we knew all the songs, right? Oh my god, <laughs> we knew all the songs, especially him because he is a very much. 
Um, you know that person that it, he's my age, but he has a very old soul. Like he has everything. <laughs> like he was like, I have the song on vinyl. I have the song on vinyl. I was like, dude, you have everything on vinyl. <laughs> we even have stuff on vinyl nowadays. Exactly. Uh, hipsters. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow, Sorry. calling out, calling out. He is a little bit of being a hipster. <laughs> he is a little bit of a hipster, but he's a cool one. Um, but yeah, anyway, and he would like sing every single song and every song that came up, I was like, I want to dance. Can I go down and dance? Can I go down and dance? He was like, this is your moment to shine. (laughs) (laughs) You should have, you should have went right there. Yeah. Especially because like they did have dancers come down and dance to the music, which was really awesome because I wasn't expecting it at all. Were they dressed up? Um, so for the traditional, not traditional samba, the older style samba uh, in Bossa Nova, they did have, because uh, it was developed in the 1930s, 1920s, 1930s, and they did have a couple dance as a, f- a flapper girl, and like ah. the Zoot Suits dance come to dance in the samba, uh, which was really cool. And then for Maracatu, they had the traditional dancing, the traditional, um, I don't even know how to explain, but... You can do it. Uh, because Maracatu is based on an African rhythm, uh, well, it's not necessarily based on an African rhythm, but because of the cultural mixture in Brazil, uh, there's a lot of African influence, and maracatu is one of those rhythms where it's mostly drums. And uh, the dancing for that is very much, like, f- from the entire body. It's a dance that, like, really it has a lot of energy to it. And one of the... They were dressed really, really colorful and really big, a lot of volume. Like, they, it fills up the space completely. And one of the dancers was dressed as not a specific god because they weren't in the correct colors, but one of uh, a representation of one of the Candomblé gods. Mm. Should I explain what Candomblé yes, is? Yes, okay. yes. <laughs> History. Yeah, <they're> <laughs> so there is this religion... Um, well, there are actually two religions. Um, I come from a state where uh, the African culture is still very much present, very much alive. And that music, that maracatu, is from right above my state. So it's every mu- very much intermingled. And um, uh, the religions I was talking about, they are called Candomblé and Yoruba. And they are, and Yoruba is still alive, very like very much alive with certain variations in certain parts of Africa. Um, Kandomblé is a little bit different. I'm not sure exactly how it still functions or not functions. But basically, they have multiple gods that represent different things. Um, like Oshun, Yemanja... Yeah, <laughs> and it could keep going. And the different gods represent different aspects of nature. So Yemanja, for example, um, who is the one I'm most connected to, uh, she is the goddess of seas. And she has very human characteristics. She is often portrayed as a mermaid. But the thing is, the traditional, vest- uh, traditional clothing for those uh, gods, and they're called orishas, they are um, very big dresses regardless if they're man female or male like representations of female or male and most of them not all of them but most of them have face coverings they have beads covering their faces and crowns and depending on the god they will have also other 
um, tools that will assist them in whatever their uh, association to nature is. Uh, there is, for example, a god of lightning and destruction who has a a type of sword mm-hmm. as one of his tools. And each god has their different colors. And one of the dancers, when they were dancing Maracatu, came out dressed in the t- more traditional attire of those gods. Um, however, because they were wearing Brazil's colors, which are green, yellow, and blue, blue and white, um, those don't actually represent, don't actually correlate to any of the specific gods. Hmm. Um, at least, not that I can so, s- remember. So it's like a subtle hint, like if you know. Yeah. The like culture, the, the traditional attire is or very like much. Fusion. Yeah, it's very much uh, every. The, the attire is very much like, oh, if you see it, you'll get it, but you would expect it to represent a certain god or a certain Orisha. But in that case, um, not necessarily. It was more for the purpose of the dance. Wow, that was that's really. <laughs> I went Honestly, into a tangent. Honestly, you know, that was really interesting. We're all here for tangents, and I mean, I was yeah. very interested in like learning about that. Yeah. yeah, me too. Like, yeah, it's a it's a really interesting culture, especially because um, with colonization and all of that, the reason it's still kept alive today not today, but like the reason it still exists today, unlike the U.S. and like Canada, where slavery was also very much present, but there's just not the African culture present anymore it developed into a completely different african-american culture you know like it's it's very different from like what we have where africa is very much alive in brazil like there is so much connection between the two continents and it's just you can feel that connection in the people and walking around and everything and like even we share words we share traditions that we don't even realize we share them sometimes and then if i talk to someone from for angola or mozambique i'll be like yeah we have that too and it's so funny because it's like we're separated (laughs) by an entire sea but it's still there and the thing is with those gods, uh, the reason they are still kept alive is because each god actually represents a saint in Catholicism. They had to do that huh. um, that relation or else they wouldn't be able to pray to their gods. Mm-hmm. So Yemanja is, um, uh, is Jesus' mother that I don't know how to name in English. Maria? That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> name in English, go. She would not say it in English. Just... She's Nossa Senhora. Um, yeah. And for Yonsa and Santa Barbara, and then you have all those correlations. So when they would be go to church and be like, "Oh, I'm praying to Santa Barbara," in their the the slaves in their um, heads are actually praying to their own gods. So that's how the so religion was kept alive. Yeah. Who's Oshun? Like who did Oshun, Oshun transform into? I don't know all of them <laughs> because the thing is, uh, although it's a, it's a very beautiful religion, uh, there's still a lot of, it's, it's basically racism. Like, uh, There's still a lot of prejudice against it in general because it deals with the other world and it deals with the connection to the spirit world very strongly, mm-hmm. um, which is not always seen as a positive thing in a mostly catholic country you know yeah it's like um i i forget the name but animistic right because it gives Uh, a a sense to to natural phenomenons 
Yes, but it's more dealing that there are celebrations that will literally have the spirit of one of these gods incorporate purposefully a person in that celebration, you know? And you can kind of feel that, that that's really cool that you, that like those details were put into this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I went on a complete tangent. Yeah, no, I like, should go back no, no, to no, that. No, that, like, so, that was so fascinating in, yeah, and inspiring. It's, it's fascinating. And it's also like kind of shows how much detail was put into this production. And that's awesome. Yeah. And the okay, so, and then the other thing, the other t- style of dance that I'm also was really excited to hear was frevo, and frevo uh, is a type of dance and music that comes from Recife or like a northern, more northern than where I am from, <laughs> uh, place, and they dance with these little umbrellas. And oh. I love to, I would love, absolutely love to be able to dance frevo, but frevo is such a complicated and so like bodily, like it's so hard on the body because it's basically jumping around. Like, you know, like those Russian dances where it's like, oh, yeah. like it's that kind of style, but constantly going like jumping up and down, up and down. And like they do tricks with the umbrella and like they have an umbrella, like a basketball, like oh my under oh the legs, they'll amazing. jump one way, jump another, have so many like yeah <laughs> so, so many movements going on yeah so towards the end of the show they also had that um, what was the name of that frevo 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 f-r-e-v-o frevo yeah so yeah and the thing is um so they started on a like more like a calmer tone and then they went to a more like very much like deeply emotional for me at least because they brought back like the most those most famous songs that everyone knows you know because that audience was full of brazilians like <laughs> that audience was basically brazilians and latinos like oh yeah <laughs> of course and deborah and deborah <laughs> though we shouldn't assume yeah. <laughs> but um it was very deeply emotional for me because they brought back all these memories um especially because uh they had this huge percussion uh, for some of the songs and i'm like this was like my sunday like lunches with my family you know i Aww. mean a lot more talented of course but like <laughs> these people are a lot more talented than my family but like but it, uh, it brings back yeah, yeah, a lot of those memories and the songs that everyone can like and even they, they got even audience participation for one of the songs which was it is like one of the major songs that literally is like even if you don't know it, you know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I and I wish I was a good singer so I could sing it for you guys. But like, I'm gonna prevent you from like, um, oh my god, what's the song? <laughs> I know the lyrics, and you know when you know the lyrics and you can sing it, but you forget the name. Yeah. So maybe after the PSA breaks, <laughs> yeah, after I'll, the we'll PSA play. breaks, we'll kind of come yeah. right back with a nice little, <laughs> little taste of what uh what the show is is it still going on no unfortunately it was only for two days oh my heart but <laughs> every year they are bringing back some sort of musical um the vancouver um latin american cultural center does produce um shows every year at least once a year of this magnitude regarding the musicians they were musicians were extremely talented um the they even had a guest 
for from Japan to sing、oh uh, a few of the songs, like a, a singer from a Japanese singer. To be the female voice in some of the songs because a lot of Bossa Nova songs are a very deep male voice and a very soft, high female voice, and so I was very impressed with that as well. And it's funny because they even mentioned that if you want to know where Bossa Nova is, it's Brazil and Japan. And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> true. true. <laughs> How about Japan though? Yeah, I don't know. Like Japanese,、uh, like Japan just. Embraced bossa nova culture so much since it was created, and it's kind of just been a thing. Like they have so much love for Brazil,、huh. it's amazing. Like it's、I、just truly like there are fan clubs that are lots for Brazilian artists that are so strong in Brazil in, in Japan that are stronger than those in Brazil.、Huh. And I'm always impressed. I know that I, I I'm pretty sure that Brazil has the second largest、uh, Japanese oh yeah population. So. Yeah, because there was a lot of immigration、um, from Japan. Like we have a like we don't have a Chinatown, we have a Japan town in Sao Paulo. That sounds delicious. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, when we get back, you'll hear some delightful music, and then we'll go to our、um, Jawbone segment with Jake Click. Wait, can I say one more thing yes, before yes, I go? Because、yes. I saw one thing that really impressed me out of my and blew my mind.、Um, so we have a thing called pandero, which is basically a tambourine. And、um, there was a solo. A guy did an entire solo, like a full five-minute solo, with just that. And I was like, "Wow!" Like I didn't even know you could play it that many ways. Now、you know? I'm like, <laughs> now I'm so sad I missed out on such a, like an amazing experience.、Yeah. But <laughs> me too. I, I know for sure these people there at the Latin American Center、um, will definitely produce some more or set up some more amazing things. So just check them out. Okay, see you guys in a bit. Discorder Magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years, thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theater. Discorder lives. Your favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theater. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder Magazine or at rickshawtheater.com. Anthropology displays long-term and visiting exhibits of indigenous art from around the world, and guided tours are free. Our permanent collection features one of the world's finest exhibits of Northwest Coast First Nations art. Our collection includes 36,000 ethnographic pieces, 535,000 archaeological pieces, and over 600 pieces in the Kroner Ceramics Gallery. There's a lot to take in. Luckily, at the Museum of Anthropology, final exams are always take home. If you've never checked out this world-class facility, now's your chance. The Museum of Anthropology is located right on campus and free for all UBC students and faculty. Come enjoy our collection and resources.
instante que eu quero passar Pois o samba está animado O que eu quero é samba Este samba que me estou de maracatu É samba de preto velho Well, that was amazing. Uh, really good. And now we're going to go to our Jabon segment with Jay Clark. I hope you guys will enjoy it. Bushland, Scrubland, Cashel Township in Williston, Elsevier, McClure, and Dungannon, Greenlands of Wesley McCoon Lake, where a man might have some opinion of what beauty is, none deny him for miles. Yet this is the country of defeat, where Sisyphus rolls a big stone year after year up the ancient hills, picnicking glaciers have left strewn the centuries rubble. Backbreaking days in the sun and rain when realization seeps slow in the mind, without grandeur or self-deception, noble struggle, being a fool. Country of quiescence and still distance. A lean land, not like the fat south, with inches of black soil and earth's round belly. Where the farms are, it's as if a man stuck both thumbs in the stony earth, pulled it apart to make room enough between the trees for a wife and maybe some cows, room for some of the more easily kept illusions. Where the farms have gone back to forest are only soft outlines, shadowy differences. Old fences drift vaguely among the trees, a pile of moss-covered stones gathered from some ghost purpose has lost meaning under the meaningless sky. They're like cities underwater, and the undulating green waves of time are laid in them. This is the country of our defeat, and yet during the fall plowing, a man might stop and stand in a brown valley of the furrows and shade his eyes to watch for the same red patch mixed with gold that appears in the same spot in the hills year after year and grow old, plowing and plowing a 10-acre field till the convolutions run parallel with his own brain. And this is a country where the young leave quickly, unwilling to know what their fathers know, or think the words their mothers do not say. Herschel, Montego, and Faraday, Lakeland, Rockland, and Hill Country, a little adjacent to where the world is, a little north of where the cities are, and sometime we may go back there, country of our defeat. Williston, Elsevier, and Dungannon, Wesley McCoon Lakeland, where the high townships of Cashel, McClure, and Marmara once were. But it's been a long time since. We must inquire the way of strangers. That was The Country North of Belleville by Canadian poet Al Purdy. And the reason I played that for you, one, I really like Alperti. Two, there is an event on at the Culch on November 22nd, which is a tribute to Alperti, who would be 100 years old this year. It include it is put on by is put on by Harbor Books and Tonic Records, include and includes uh, several poetry readings, an address by Howard White, who owns Harbor Books, 
and a musical set by Rodney DeCrew and the Wise Blood. Uh, Rodney DeCrew is a Vancouver poet and uh, and musician, sort of got a, like a, a old, old-timey lefty folk blues style, uh, very inspired by uh, Purdy um, and uh, definitely paying homage to him here. And the, part of the funds from this go to the Al Purdy A-Frame Residency. And that's relevant to this poem for several reasons, namely that Al Purdy lived near Bellevue in a place called Ameliasburg in said A-Frame. And that A-Frame is currently uh, open for yearly residencies by Canadian poets. So that's, you know, funds the arts of our nation. That's always good. And um, Purdy would be very influential, I think, because he did come from, really came from his own. He came up in Vancouver. He made it fairly late. He was in his late 30s when he uh, started writing poetry. But he really hit his stride. And he actually, it's interesting because his style has, has been compared to that of Charles Bukowski and vice versa. And he and Bukowski actually corresponded for about 10 years. It's a very interesting correspondence if you can find it. And I personally highly recommend his work. It's very interesting stuff. If you want to get a great introduction to his uh, to his style and to an interesting adaptation of it, check out uh, the video for At the Quinty Hotel, which uh, stars the late, great Gord Downey and was made uh, with a reading, with another reading of one of P- uh, Purdy's poems. And as a resident of uh, the fat, as a, a native of the fat south, he's referring to in London, southern Ontario, yeah, this, this, is, it's, this poem is quite accurate, as many of his poems are. So definitely worth checking out. Another thing that's worth checking out is something very similar to the work of a working-class Canadian poet writing in the 20th century, a play written in early modern England about posh people in Italy. <laughs> I'm referring to UBC Theatre's Much Ado About Nothing, which I saw on this Friday, this past Friday. Uh, it's a pretty good time. Let me just fiddle with the program to get the name straight. This becomes an ASMR video. Ooh. Crumpling paper. Maybe that's my calling. Um, it was a very interestingly designed production. I just want to put that out there first. Uh, the scene design by Jacqueline Gilchrist was this sort of two-sided stage. They explain in the program that it's sort of a masculine-feminine dichotomy. And that is a really, one, that's very relevant to Much Ado About Nothing, as with any Shakespearean comedy, because the comedy, the, the goal of the comedy, as many literary critics would note, was marriage. And uh, they do interesting things to sort of, uh, one, to update it, which is necessary, and to also have the, uh, to give a feminist slant to more of the characters' dynamics, which is interesting because several characters, including uh, Dogberry, uh, who's basically, in conventional form, the male Mrs. Malaprop, um, Leonato and Don John are uh, portrayed by uh, female performers, respectively uh, Elizabeth Young, Tebo Nzeku, and uh, Jody Margit. And uh, all of these portrayals are done quite well. They get a lot of the beats right. They definitely get the physical comedy inherent to it. And this is especially true with uh, Gray Clark as Benedict. If you know the eavesdropping scene from Much Ado About Nothing, 
Uh, they play that very well, involving a Venus de Milo type of statue. So that that was a boatload of fun. And the chemistry between uh, Gray Clark and Dalen Lester Serafini, who plays Beatrice, uh, originally gets off to a little bit of a rocky start, but it really comes around by the end, and that really sells it, because you sell the end of Much Ado About Nothing on Charm, and it does work here. It does actually work quite well. And, oh, and uh, my man Matthew Rhodes is uh, is Claudio. He does a fine job. One thing, I, if there's two issues I kind of have with this, it's the they change the um, the military plot to uh, football, soccer, and they also take the conventional route with Claudio, which is that he's just sort of a well-meaning dupe. And uh, that's one thing the Whedon version, I think, gets right, is that Claudio is a bit of a, he's, he's a puerile, paranoid bigot. And uh, th- they play the character, this is the direction, too, because I've, I've seen Matthew play villainous parts before. He was, he was uh, Putnam in The Crucible last year. But they don't really do that, and they spare him. They spare this character who is perfectly willing to tee off on his fiance to slut shame his fiance at their wedding. Yeah, not a nice person. Um, and the removal of the military subplot is, I think that's, they, they do get the point that they just, it, it doesn't, it, that it works best for the play if it's just a sort of bro-y field. But the thing about that is that it takes a small factor out, which I think this shares with Coriolanus. The two things that you want to compare this to, by the way, are Coriolanus and Othello. Because in Coriolanus, it's, again, dead serious, but in Coriolanus, it's also about not being able to return from war. And that's also kind of the problem in Much Ado About Nothing, because that's what Claudio does. Like, that's what Claudio can't really do. And then he says that to Don Pedro when he first saw Hero. It's like, well, I, I was a soldier. I had to go kill people, so I had to kind of compartmentalize that. And it's like, when he's, when you're an athlete, like, yeah, okay, you got to pay attention to that as well. But it's, it's, it's a little, you know, not it's not really the same thing. It sort of takes the teeth out of it a little bit. But I understand why that, that happened. It didn't, it, it wasn't too much of an issue, but it was just sort of a thing that was kind of nagging at me. And the, the Othello comparison, too, to follow through on Claudio, is that Claudio is convinced of Hero, Hero's infidelity and tees off on her as a result by Don John, who arrives in shackles because he tried to... They just got finished fighting him. It'd be like if Othello was duped by Iago, but knew he was lying the whole, like, the whole, knew he was trying to destroy him the whole time. Like, in Othello, it's like, honest Iago. Everybody thinks Iago is trustworthy. In this case, no. He's a person who, he's not good. But they do, um, they do play Don John right in that, uh, Don John is portrayed as being, by Margie, Margie is portrayed as being very, um, very stiff, like, very, um, not very mobile, chain smoker. In short, very, uh, contrary to the uh, the athleticism and the vitality of the other characters. And they make a comparison between Benedict, who's very chatty and very energetic, and uh, to Don John. Uh, and this in the play, this is shifted to Baraccio, so it's a p- comparison of two men. Uh, uh, Tom, uh, Thomas Bali, by the way, it was a great Baraccio. Uh, got the sleaziness of the character down just exactly. Uh, but that comparison is made that Don John is very melancholy and stiff, and that they, they that comparison works here. It, it it's effective. And um, as a as as someone who has acquired some Italian, I do appreciate the uh, the Peronis and the liqueurs on the home bar because that is what you'd find in an Italian home bar. So yeah, check out Much Ado About Nothing. It's a boatload of fun. I was gonna say All's Well That Ends Well, but that's a different Shakespearean comedy. It's on until I believe the 
ASMR video again. It's on until the 24th, so yeah, check it out while you can. It's a good time. Uh, this has been The Jawbone, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam territory of UBC's Point Grey campus. I'm Jake Clark, and over to whoever just played this. Uh, that's me. I played that, so I guess it's to me. <laughs> I just love, he always says whoever's to Whoever play that, but it's always me. I'm always like, here. Yeah. I'm always here. Like Jake, get it right this uh, time. Jake, here, man. <laughs> Please pay attention. Um, but he was not, he, as you know, as everyone knows, as we talk about it so much. We do. Much ado, we really do, but we just can't stop. Much Ado About Nothing is kind of one of our favorite Shakespeare in plays. Uh, and we're what? definitely going to be seeing it later this I kind of noticed that. I got yeah. Really? A little, I mean, a little bit. Didn't, like, me saying it's my favorite Shakespearean play, like, multiple times, like, <laughs> if, if you hadn't like, gone in into different, it. In different, if you could, like, go back to our, like, past recordings, I'm sure you can hear us talking about Much Ado About Nothing and how we're so excited about it. <laughs> somebody should set, like, a Google alert for, like, every time somebody <laughs> says Much Ado About Nothing on the Arts Collective. Every yeah. time, and that's us. <laughs> oh, and it'll be like, yes, <laughs> that's us. <laughs> Listening, yeah. So um, yeah, super excited. And they're playing. They're doing it for such a long time, so that'll yeah. be really, really until cool. the twenty fourth, right? Twenty. <laughs> 24th or 25th. He just, yeah. Jake just said it and we were not paying attention. <laughs> now yeah. I can understand why he's like, to whoever's playing, yeah. I can understand it now. But we we were not paying attention because of really good reason. Um, <laughs> Margarita was asking me about more about the religions I was talking about earlier and I was trying to explain some yeah, stuff no. to her. <laughs> I learned so much. <laughs> really? You sounded like you were a good boy. Like, say that. Say that you were learned so much. No. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I mean, when we are listening, we're talking about stuff that we, I just want to talk more about, uh, that we can't on our yeah. time here sometimes because and we just love yeah. nerdy stuff and just talking about things more in depth. But yeah, I'm really excited about watching What to Do About Nothing yeah. and just like, I'm excited to see how they the do it, the new production. version. I'm yeah, excited to see like, how do you incorporate it into today, right? Like then they're all soccer, the whole soccer thing. I know. Yeah. I'm really excited about the soccer thing. I was, I'm was kind of sad that no one's like, trying to shoot stuff with the soccer that they're <laughs> not that they're not actually like they don't know soccer, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're just they don't know how to play soccer and they're just trying to do like a really cool shot. I was hoping they would have to do that <laughs> and just see. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see that. I'm also excited to see, I'm a huge fan of seeing like how the production's made and like lights and stuff like that. So I think that'll be really cool. And it's, I think it's playing in the Friedrich Wood Theater. Um, I'm going to double check, but I think so, which is a really cool theater. I think the most interesting part for me is how it's a new, a new take on an old thing. Especially because, like, I'm super interested. I'm always super interested in that. Like, in uh, for one of the uh, assignments I had to do, um, we had to do a creative piece with any of Shakespeare's play. With, um, not any of Shakespeare's play, sorry. A Midsummer Night's Dream. And I was like, I'm going to do a new version of it where it's set in a brothel. <laughs> 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 and, like, and, like, if you think about it, it actually fits perfectly with, like, Puck being, like, the bartender or, like, bouncer like going mm. around and then titania and oberon being like uh the the pimps you know and like that being like a club the entire forest being the club as a facade for like the 
prostitution that happens at a second level you know like all these That's, different layers yeah yeah it's always, it's always really cool to see that kind of new take especially because like seeing how you normally see it is like oh they're soldiers oh now they're like soccer, soccer players, players in a competition yeah. and it's not so morbid <laughs> <laughs> and people are not actually dying in this yeah <laughs> They're just maybe losing, maybe getting a few bruises, you know? Most definitely. <laughs> uh, it is playing at the Friedrich, Re- uh, Friedrich, Friedrich, sorry, I keep saying Friedrich. Friedrich <laughs> <hungry>. Wood. <laughs> Friedrich Wood Theater on till the 24th of November. So it's like going on for a long time. If you aren't already saying this, then like. Take yeah. me, take me. That's next Saturday, though. <laughs> you guys. It's until next Saturday. Is it? Yeah, next yeah, Saturday. Yeah, next Saturday. Yeah, so, so get you your tickets. You gotta get your tickets fast. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll probably talk about it when we go see it again. <laughs> well, yeah, we will. And we will only stop talking about it when it stops, when it ends. Yeah. Maybe. Like we, like we always do, like every <laughs> single time. Just like, it'll happen, I promise. <laughs> Wait, did you already see it and now you're going again? No, no. we're going to see it for the first time. on friday yeah and if you guys are there and you want to talk to us yeah yeah. i know that i just realized that you probably don't know what we look like but if you hear a loud laughter (laughs) i think our voices are pretty distinct (laughs) that 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 they'll come they'll come (laughs) talk to us we want to know if you heard the show and Aren't you, yeah, I don't know. Who's your favorite? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Create that tension, guys. Create yeah, that tension. Definitely. <laughs> um, we'll be right back to do uh, tell you some cool stuff that's happening. Uh, also, some shout outs uh, for events that are coming up later in the this year. Okay. Talk to you guys later. Bye. LGBTQ2I Night is a positive space for folks to learn about bike maintenance in a relaxed environment led by queer mechanics and volunteers. It takes place on the fourth Wednesday of every month at the Bike Kitchen on UBC's campus. Bring your own bike and fix them with our tools, come with questions and ask away, or learn by watching other folks work on their bikes. Beginners are always welcome. This event is entirely free to attend and there will be free pizza. For more information, visit bikecoop.ca. We are the UBC Musical Theatre Troupe. We aim to provide the joys of musical theatre to everyone on campus. Whether it be by participating in our productions, joining our band, or working backstage, we welcome all levels of experience. Check us out on Facebook for more information. 25,600 And now we're back. Uh, let me just start it off with a huge shout out um, to uh, the St. Paul's Labyrinth. They're doing um, live music. Oh, I thought it was a real labyrinth. Oh, no. <laughs> I was very it's, excited. I was like, I want to go. I mean, it's pretty cool. Awesome. Um, I love music. Like, definitely check it out. But at the same time, I was like, man, I wanted to see an labyrinth. <laughs> Sadly, no. What um, kind of music do they do? The lab- they, uh, Actually, the labyrinth at the at the St. Paul's Angelican. And I'm, like, really messing on my words. Uh, church at, is a walking meditation space. So it is Ooh, kind of like a cool. labyrinth. And I... Nice. I, I love walking meditation. I yeah. love meditation spaces in general, and walking meditation. I haven't tried that before, but like I'm down. Yeah. So they they are doing um, 
show with uh, Dawn Pemberton. Uh, she's doing a, a show called Gospel and Vintage Soul. So you can kind of already tell what the... Whoa. Oh, and you can imagine that with the meditation. Oh, oh man. Yeah. When? So that is happening Friday, November 30th. And that's happening from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And that's at the St. Paul's Labyrinth. It looks super cool. Um, Are you going to post it on our Facebook page? Oh, most definitely. I want to check it out. Yeah, definitely check it out. It looks like it's going to be a really great time. So just like a shout out for you guys to like check it out. Look at, listen to Dawn um, Pem Burton. Um, hopefully I'm saying her name right. Uh, but definitely uh, kind of listen to her, her music. I'm sure it's like. I think I've I've heard some of it and it's super good. I nice. I, I already like am in love of it. So share share the music share it with us. I will most definitely share it with you. Yeah. Okay. And speaking of music, do yeah, you I talk to us about some uh, reviews, some bands that you went to go see in Victoria. Yeah. So I uh, spent the the weekend in Victoria. It was lovely, and uh, got to go to a show with my couchsurfing host, uh, just like very randomly, uh, but the show was. Awesome, amazing, cathartic, and I'm gonna share with you guys uh, the headliner and the and the opening act. So the headliner, their name is Dear Rouge. They are uh, now a Vancouver-based kind of like um, electro rock. Kind of has like kind of an '80s um, sound, yeah, with like uh, you know the heavy keyboards, but. Just like very, very good music, and the vocalist was spectacular, amazing. Like, just ele- electrical energies, amazing. The kind of shows that you, every second of the show, you get inspired by how pumped the, <laughs> the performer is just doing what he's doing. It's just so, so, so amazing. Amazing wardrobe at some point. She went off stage for a minute, came back with like a huge kind of like coat that was all like. <laughs> green metallic tassels and there was like wind blowing up from the bottom she was like such a rock star it was amazing but I honestly that's like my favorite part is when they like change just like automatic just like transformation done I and I like when I think my favorite one is when they change like on stage like they had something hidden underneath I don't know oh yeah those are always fun I love I love or when changes. they take something off and then it's like oh my god oh my it's god like, look I at didn't that. expect that it's so fun and like those 30 like the, those two second transformations where it's like one dress over another dress over another dress I'm like yes. wow or they like they pull something and something like falls out and it's yeah. like sorry <laughs> i'm just like continue, continue. <laughs> i was just like loving the transformation that yes you... wardrobe transformation well i have the the i'm lucky to be new here so i'm still very excited about a lot of things so that was <laughs> really cool but the most important thing is that the music is awesome the vocals were amazing very uh, like um, impressive i'm a vocalist myself so i can appreciate that uh the name of the band is dear rouge check them out they have finished their Can- Canadian tour. They're going now to tour the States. But Ooh. I'm sure they have new tour dates around here. They're Vancouver-based. So check them out, Dear Rouge. And also I want to give a shout-out to uh, Modern Space, the um, the opening act, which was really, really nice. I'm very into, like, spacey indie, and that's exactly what they were doing. Oh, that's an interesting, like... 
yeah, you know, like the beat is indie, but kind of they were layering it, layering it up with the uh, back vocals, backing vocals, mm-hmm. to give kind of a spacey feel. Some of the time, the lead singer's uh, vocals were also kind of like meshed with uh, some kind of filter. And I really, really enjoyed that show. Awesome music. Um, just great. Modern Space, check them out. I did try to see if they're um, touring anytime soon, but they just finished their tour in Victoria. So, like, they finished their Canadian tour ending in Victoria. But I'm sure they'll have new stuff. Modern Space, check them out. And that's it. Have fun, guys. Check out new music because it's good for your soul and headbang because that's not good for your neck. (laughs) (laughs) But it is also very good for your soul. (laughs) Yeah, I I love hearing about new bands, especially like here in Vancouver. I think there's like a lot of like really cool bands you can go check out. Exactly. But it's the kind of thing where I just know that like there is an infinite abundant supply, but then... If you're actually going to get there, you're going to get excited. Oh, most definitely. And, like, there's also, like, a band here mm-hmm. in UBC. Not, like, like one of the members is from UBC and is a student. They're called The Escapes. I've talked about them, like, way long before. Huh. But I like them a were lot. Were you talking about them before they were cool? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, their number one fan. They hit me up so many times. Nice. We just went out. <laughs> I'm so much fun to go. Oh, uh, no. I, <laughs> I'm so much fun to go out with. <laughs> so much fun to go out with. <laughs> so much fun. Um, we're best buds. We have, like, a best friends oh, bracelet. That's nice. how you, I had that. <laughs> that's how you know it's real. <laughs> that is definitely how you know. What was their name again? They're the Escapes. Escapes? Yeah, and they're from Canada. They are super, super good. So I, because you're just talking about like other like Canadian, Canadian music, I just wanted to give them a shout out too because shout I very out. much love them. It's been a while since I've listened to them, but I still love them dearly. <laughs> you could listen to them tonight. Probably. I probably could. I mean, they have their Facebook page and they have like stuff on YouTube as well. We just love artists. Mm. Yeah. It is the arts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Touche. So it is our thing, guys. To love artists um, and be artists ourselves, because that's kind of also a thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> apparently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, that's aspiring, a thing. Aspiring, aspiring. Yeah, they don't let you into the arts report unless you also oh. do art. <laughs> no, you no, no just, just kidding, be, guys. You could just be a lover of art. <laughs> if you're, if you're <laughs> totally a nerd, fine. we let you in. We're yeah, welcoming that's all like, nerds. Yeah, that's our main thing. If you could just talk about something for like a couple of hours, then you're definitely part of the arts yeah. report. <laughs> that's basically it. That's how we do it here. Um, we're gonna head out. We're gonna cut this a little shorter than usual, but, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next Wednesday. We have some interviews that'll be very interesting. And yeah, we'll we have the gum. Yes. <laughs> Get ready for that. Literally something to chew on. Oh. oh there you go. <laughs> Truly, thank you for that amazing pun. <laughs> In case you guys didn't get it, it's like an exhibition made out of gum. So, oh, is yeah. it a giant gum? <laughs> I just don't know. We don't know yet. We're going to find We're out. We're going to find week. out. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm very excited about it. We're going to have a lot of really cool interviews. Um, and we're also <laughs> probably going to talk about what to do about nothing Oh, yeah, again, for sure. Because <laughs> we're reviewing it oh, again. We're also going to talk about Mortified, which is having their world premiere this week at um, Studio 58. Ooh, yeah, so world premiere. And I was like, wow, that's so yeah. cool. So if you, I think 
we're pre- you're pretty excited about yeah, that, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to see that on Saturday. Really cool. Really excited. Yeah. I'm always excited about Studio 58. I love that theater. She's just a lot of students. I love that theater. <laughs> so if you need, like, something to do this weekend, that's definitely something you should do. Uh, you don't have to hear a review yet, but you should definitely hear our review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could go see it, though. Okay, we'll see you guys next Wednesday. This has yeah. been The Arts Apart with Ileana. And Lua. And Margarita. Bye-bye. And we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye. Take you to bed.